mine DM me and he was like, hey, Drake followed you. That's cool. And I was like, what? Because I didn't even know until my friend told me. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, when did this happen? I want to start this off the way I start off every interview, and that's asking my guest, how much of your real true self is there in the character that you're playing on TV right now? That is a great question, because honestly, I'm kind of just being a more extra version of myself. Um, Nikita Lyons is just like Faithy J times a thousand. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I'm a Leo. That's where the lion persona comes from. And I'm kind of just being me really. Yeah. When I started doing research for this, cause I mean, you know, a lot of times with a, a WWE superstar, it's just a character that has been made up for, for TV or whatever. And, uh, when I started doing the research for this, I was like, oh, she really did record music and, and do, you know, Taekwondo and like really was like a full blown entertainer for like most of your life it seems like yes <laughs> yeah it's a passion of mine and i love to inspire and uh, touch people through entertainment so i'm very grateful for this opportunity to be able to do that so <laughs> what words would you use to describe your off-screen personal personality Ooh, i would say energetic creative and Homebody. <laughs> yes, I like, I do enjoy my like home and like whenever I'm not, you know, working, I'm usually home. <laughs> so, yeah. Is it often that you're not working though? Because just from looking at your social media and looking at your background, it seems like you're always working on something, whether it's music or now pro wrestling or whatever, it seems like you're always doing something. Right. And that's very true. And honestly, I don't think working is the correct word because I love it. It doesn't feel like work. Um, so you're right. There rarely is a time that I'm not working on my, you know, entertainment skills. But when I am home, I guess you can still say that I'm still kind of working because I'm always brainstorming. I always get ideas for something in the most randomest moments you know, cooking something or whatever, but yeah, <laughs> I, you're completely right when it comes to that. I mean, there's no off season here. <laughs> yeah, I, I can very much relate with that. Thank God for the the notes app because I'm the same way. Like I have, I'm, I'm constantly thinking. And so if I didn't, if I couldn't text myself notes or write them down somewhere, I, they'd be lost forever. Oh yeah. Like my brain goes a mile, a million miles a minute. And like, I would not be able to remember the most, like I'll think of something super random and then something that has nothing to do with what I was just thinking about. And if I don't write it down, it'll be lost. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. I have ADD. So I very much understand <laughs> how that works. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like then since you're such a creative person, I'm wondering did you have a hand at all in your initial debut vignette that kind of told your story? So I was actually very grateful and surprised of the fact that I did have, you know, I was able to contribute ideas and kind of bounce off ideas with the creative team. And it was really awesome, really, because I just kind of shared my real life story, like the whole thing with my dad. My dad really is a hair 80s rocker. My mom really was a groupie. 
And that's how I came to be. <laughs> so like, um, yeah, that all kind of, I really feel like people can feel authenticity. People can feel uh, your true self shining through. So I really wanted to make sure that I did that. And they really allowed me to do that. So that was awesome. And um, I'm very grateful for that. So yeah. Yeah, I think I, I actually think that's partly why you've connected with the audience as quickly as you have in such a short amount of time, because I do think that authenticity does connect with people and it does feel like um, this is who you are with the volume raised up, like they say, rather than, you know, uh, something that you've just kind of thrown together to try and get on TV. Clearly, like I've looked at your your background, you've been you've been building this character technically for like a, a long time, just building you. <laughs> Another part of my character is for people to really own who they are. And I've been on this journey of owning who I am and fully accepting and loving who I am. And I want to spread that feeling to other people um, and just not being afraid to, you know, this is me. Yeah, I, I'm not the most cut, you know, maybe I can't run the fastest but I can still kick some booty. So, you know, I feel like everybody has their own, you know, unique authenticity. And I'm just grateful that I'm able to portray that in every way. Well, this is something that you've been passionate about since you were younger, right? Like you've been doing, like you did public speaking where you would kind of talk about this to high schoolers and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So I actually did like a school tour where I would perform music and kind of meet and greet with students and talk to them. I did do a TEDx talk as well uh, when I was 16. This was in 2016. And um, I was, you know, it was a, I was a start, CEO of a startup company. And I had the opportunity to do a TEDx talk, which is somewhere on YouTube, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but I basically talked about entrepreneurship and um, it all just tied into owning who you are and expanding and really going outside of the box with everything. So, man, you, you really did like some, you did a lot of things when you were young that adults haven't even done yet. You know, like I, when I was, when I was looking at your, your history, like it's crazy that you mentioned it somewhere on YouTube because like you're someone who's kind of grow up, grown up in a YouTube era where I feel like YouTube has been around like pretty much almost your whole life. And, uh, it's funny if you type in your name and you just go like back to the very first page, like I was able to track so much of your life just by looking at YouTube and seeing things like, <laughs> like there's a video of you. I think you're like 11 years old where you're like talking about, you're going to be recording skater, a uh, cover of skater boy. And then like you start singing I skater boy and stuff. And I'm like, it's <laughs> so it's just crazy <laughs> that your whole life is on YouTube like that. Yeah. It's kind of like a love hate relationship for me because now people can see all of the cringe things of myself but like you know whatever I, again that's just me being me that was my 11 year old self I did a cover of hate myself for loving you by Joan Jett that was my very first recorded cover I watched the music and, video I saw it oh my goodness yeah I was like 12 years old my parents helped me film it. It was just like, it's been a grind. We could just put it that way. It's been a grind for a long time. So. <laughs> well, okay, wait, I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, before you, before we talk about that, you mentioned something, and I don't want to go too far past it, and that was your dad being a hair metal guy. Um, you know, in the vignette, it says that he was a bass player when you were growing up, that he traveled. Was he in any bands that anyone might know? So, uh, 
his band, his first band was called Top Notch. And um, he mainly, so that's where we kind of stretched the story a little bit was he traveled like across the country and around the world and stuff, but it was really like mainly West Coast traveling. Um, and he was, it was called Top Notch and they opened for like Guns N' Roses and different bands like that. Um, and then unfortunately the lead singer passed away and then they renamed it Next of Kin. But unfortunately, when that happened, because they were literally about to get this like dope record deal and they were about to like, they were like really talented. Like I've seen old footage. I We have old cassette tapes and stuff. So, um, but once that, once the singer unfortunately passed away, they kind of couldn't capture that same like energy that they were giving off at first. So some people may know, I don't know, but it's so funny because a record label recently released one of their songs from back in the day, which I, we both thought was really funny because it's like years later, like someone released one of their songs who had it from back then. So somebody knows, <laughs> I'm sure a couple people do. <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to Spotify after this and I'm going to go listen because I want to hear what he sounds like for sure. I, I'm I, hair metal is a fun kind of genre of music, so it's definitely a throwback. Yeah. For sure, for sure. It's more, I would say, more of, like, commercial rock. Okay. Um, once they got more into, like, um, like more management and stuff like that because the direction they wanted to go, the commercial rock at the time was, like, more, like, radio, if you, per se, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Did you ever get to meet any, like, big musicians as a kid while you know seeing your dad touring and stuff so it's funny that's another part of the stretch story i didn't actually get okay (laughs) yeah so i was born in 1999 oh my Um, god that just made me feel so old overlord i was in eighth grade okay all right continue sorry oh yeah what did you say i just said that made me feel so old that was in eighth grade in 1999 so you made me feel very old just now. Okay, continue. Sorry. We're good. Um, but yeah, my my dad in the 80s, um, that was more the time when he was like touring and uh, met my mom. And all of that happened. So like, other than everything else, a part of my character of like music, martial arts, dance, the story with my parents is true, except for me touring with that, him. <laughs> that actually makes sense. That's actually why I ha- I, I'm asking about it, because I found your, your bio on IMDb, and that was, like, the only thing mentioned in your vignette that, that kind of, like, wasn't in the bio that I was like, oh, I wonder if there was any bands that I might know of. But I did, note, I did like how it said in the, the bio that you have on IMDb that you got started in show business at the age of four years old, which is pretty nuts. Uh, you were in a few national commercials and before the age of five, you were in SAG. Uh, was, were, was this any, was this for any popular brands at, at the time? So, um, I did a AT&T commercial. Uh, that's, that was my very first one when I was four and that aired during the world series in 2004. And then I did an AOL commercial. <laughs> I did a feature film called The Dying Gall, and I played Patricia Clarkson's daughter. Okay. And that was all, like, booked in the same month. But keep in mind, 
I was four years old and I looked four years old, but as I got into my teen years, I grew to five, eight at 11, 12 years old. I became a little curvier. And so, you know, it's, it's really, it's a hard grind. You're going to get a lot of rejection in the entertainment industry of you have to look like this, dye your hair, you need to be this and that, whatever. So the four, the age of four through like six was awesome for acting at that time. Um, and yeah, here we are now. Everything <laughs> happens. <laughs> so you have to have thick skin basically is my message with that is you gotta, you gotta be okay with being told no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we I when I had Renee Young on this show, she talked about moving out to LA and it only being a short amount of time because it is hard to deal with that rejection. So to live in the town and, and have it at such a young age, I actually like as an adult, I see why my parents were so um not against, why they were like resistant to me trying to get in the entertainment industry as a young age, because man, like it is to deal with rejection at that young of an age, like it's a lot for sure. It is, but also I'm grateful for it because, and my parents, again, are a big part of my support system and I'm grateful for them because it'd be like, okay, we go to one audition. Okay, cool. On to the next. So it's like, I did the best I could here. If they don't want me, no problem. On to the other door that's going to open, you know? So it's, I'm very, I'm kind of grateful for it because now I, if I get rejected, it's kind of like, oh, Okay. What, what's next? <laughs> you know, that's kind of like how you kind of be with that because you can't avoid it. It is what it is. If it's meant for you, if it's your calling, it's going to keep calling you. So that's why I feel like WWE is now the biggest part of my life. And yeah, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, dink, skyrocketing to 5'8 at such a young age. I mean, that definitely like at the time was probably like annoying but now it's has you know gotten you to the the place that you're at now where it's perfect because you're you're you know big taller is better where you are right now <laughs> right yeah exactly and i'm at the time too i was like dang like they like them like five feet tall this big and i'm like i am the opposite but you know what it's one day it's gonna all make sense so yeah, here it makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I saw that you've also uh, been doing uh, Taekwondo, like I said, from from a young age. Did you keep up with Taekwondo like from a young age until you were older? Like, did you stay with it the whole time? So after I got my black belt, I went more into boxing and kickboxing, and I loved. I mean, fighting to me and mixed martial arts is an it's an art. It really is an art to me. And I got more so into the boxing scene and kickboxing. I met uh, Malik Scott. At, I believe I was like 13 or 14 when I met him. He is, he actually trained, um, trying to get his name to come to my head, uh, Wilder on his last fight. Okay. His coach. And when I met Malik Scott, he really inspired me more so for the boxing art because it's it's so simple but complex at the same time. So I learned so much from him. And then it's also therapy. <laughs> like literally when you hit a bag or you spar or 
mitts, all of that is like therapy. And um, I did, I still trained Taekwondo a little bit here and there, mainly myself. Like I didn't really go back into classes technically, but um, I always kept up with watching what was hot at the time, new skills. I'm always down to learn. And um, yeah, I think that pretty much sums up I just wanted to open my mind to other uh, fighting styles. Well, then, okay, so you got all this stuff going on. I'm wondering, like, when does wrestling kind of, like, enter the picture? Like, was it something that you, you know, were were already interested in? Was it something that they approached you for because of wow and your look? Like, like where did wrestling kind of, like, come into the picture? That's a great question. So, um Growing up at about, I want to say probably like preteen years, I, I saw when I was flipping through channels, I landed on WWE and I was like, my mom and I were, I just, I remember the moment we were watching TV together. I want to say it was 12 or 13 and we started watching. It was a women's match. And, um, we were like, I could do that. <laughs> like maybe one day I could do that. But at the time, like I didn't realize that I would actually end up falling in love with it. Like I saw it and I was like, Oh, that's really cool. Um, I had no idea how to get into it though. I was like, this is awesome. It's sports entertainment. But I, I like, you know, I was 12 or 13. I was like going here and there and trying to figure out who I was. You're busy recording so I, covers of Skater Boy and Joan Jet songs, you know? Exactly. Like, I don't know who I was. I'm going to dance class and, like, I used to go to dance class after school, like, for seven, eight hours every day. So dance was a huge part of my life as well. But anyway, back to um, wrestling. I literally, it really came into the picture when I graduated high school which was 2017. I was 17 years old. And I always knew that college was not for me, at least at that time. I was like, I feel like I've been putting in this grind my whole life. And to go and pay for college right now to do a job that I haven't been grinding for wouldn't make any sense. So I was like, I feel like I just need to continue on this wave and my mom actually came across the audition for WOW. And that's how I got into it, really. I went to the first audition. It was just an in-person personality, meeting the producers and the coaches went really well. The callback was um, in the ring. And that was my very first time taking roles and bumps and doing all of that. And I was like, this is freaking cool. I <laughs> feel like I loved it. And then that's really when I fell in love with it. And then... Um, I want to say it was 2019. I was actually approached by uh, a recruiter that ironically ran into my dad at one of the wow shows. And he was like, Hey, I recruit for WWE. She's really good. And it was me. And my dad was like, that's my daughter. <laughs> so it's just funny how that works. But at the time I felt like, I felt like I was just not ready like honestly when I was 19 years old um I was nervous and I was like I'm just getting into this like I have no idea really what I'm doing fully at all I still don't know I'm just 
learning every day. Well, you're 22 you know? years old. You just barely graduated <laughs> high school still. Like, 2017 was like, God, it was like yesterday. <laughs> that's how it feels. But, yeah. Anyway, that's how I got into it. And then I was reached out to again, actually – in the middle of, because I began to coach boxing and kickboxing as well. When the pandemic hit, I was like, I need to do something. Things are locked down. But I eventually, when I was able to, met with people like at parks and taught boxing, kickboxing. And eventually, um, I worked at, uh, I worked the combat classes for Crunch Gym. And then I worked for Mayweather and like just different things. But in the middle of one of my 6 a.m. classes, I got an email that said, WWE inquiry and I was like is this real but I was like teaching and controlling the music at the same time but I was really close I'm close with my students and I still am we still stay in touch um and I told them I was like you think this is real <laughs> I don't like to like show too much but again we were close it was 6 a.m it was real early so I was just trying to get their, I was like am I tired or am I reading this correctly <laughs> so yeah, and it was legit. And the tryout was last August, right after my birthday. And Triple H made my dream come true. So <laughs> I, I feel like it must have been such a trip for you to have your signing be such a public thing, too. Like a lot of people, when they get signed, it's not this like big public spectacle that gets covered on the news and it's like this whole thing, you know, you got you got to like be one of the anointed few and I feel like that must have right away been a trip. Man, I had no idea. I was like, I was expecting to not find out for a couple weeks, maybe, maybe even a month. You know, I went into it really having no expectations other than I'm gonna go in here and do the best I can do it would be a life changer. But literally right after, I remember who it was, Samoa Joe pulled me aside. He was like, hey, we want to talk to you real quick. I was like, really? It was like literally after we broke for that last like hoo-ha of good job, y'all. Y'all did great, pretty much. And he brought me in the room. It was this set up long table with Triple H and producers and there was cameras and I was like, it happened and I was I obviously busted out crying that's also somewhere on YouTube um, but it was amazing and then right after that there was like media and press and I was like wow this is not at all what I expected this to be but don't get me wrong I was extremely ecstatic and grateful and then the next day it aired on Fox actually I believe on Fox. I know, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so that was like so cool. Dude, it's, yeah, I can imagine, dude. And I feel like ever since then, it's just been steamrolling for you since. Like, because it really wasn't that long after when you got put on TV. What you said that was July, you said, or August, September, October, November, like what, like four months or so after that, you were starting to make your debut? Yeah, yeah, I debuted. Um, I had my first, at the time it was 205, it is now level up, but I had my first one on New Year's actually. And from there, it just kind of continued. <laughs> and so I'm doing my best to keep that going. 
since there was so much changing with NXT at the time, was was it intimidating to be part of the 2.0 rebrand? Since you know there was so much talk about everything from the you know people you know that were there before to this whole new kind of like um, mentality behind the show. I feel like there was a lot of talk you know going on about 2.0. So was it intimidating to be part of that? It was definitely intimidating, but I'm always up for a challenge, and I'm always. You know, I'm always love to be the one to be like, okay, you can have your opinion, but you're still watching, aren't you? And like, you know, I'm always the type to be like, I'm all love and good vibes. But if you judge something before actually knowing what the real deal is, then, you know, it's just talk at that point. So I'm, again, I was intimidated. Don't get me wrong. I'm human, but... I'm always up for a challenge. Were you surprised that you went viral after the first match on the main NXT show? I was very surprised, honestly. I had no, like, I literally, like, I thought, like, maybe a little buzz, maybe, you know, but I was not expecting, like, world star. Or, like, I was not expecting, like, that reaction. And so I was blown away because it's funny that it really was my pin that went viral my finishers the tornado kick did the split pin and i just it's funny because i told the coaches i was like i just want to try this like i don't know like it might work it might get over i don't know and it did and i was like cool <laughs> so i was extremely surprised that's interesting i that's that's cool to hear that that was all you i was wondering that because you know, because you're still, you know, new in the business, I was wondering if anyone was like, hey, try this out. Or if you were like, hey, it might be kind of cool if I if I did this. So uh, I like that you you were the one that brought, there you go. You were the one that brought it up <laughs> and uh, and that it worked out so well. They must have been very excited at the reaction afterwards. Yeah. And that's why we have been continuing. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's my new finisher now. <laughs> I <laughs> I feel like uh, it's in moments like that where you really see how thirsty the internet can 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 get. Like you're just like, oh boy, like like I've seen what some of the people were saying, and it was like, oh man, social media is a crazy place. It is, but that's another part of the thick skin, you know. Like it's just it's a part of it, <laughs> just like you know the rejection and the injuries and so forth. People are going to say what they want to say. But at the end of the day, I know who I am. And people can say whatever they want. It's not going to affect who I am as a person. So In this instance, <laughs> it was much more positive comments, too, than, than usual, I feel yeah. like. I feel like it was much more... Uh, Balance. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any famous people follow you after it went viral that surprised you? Ooh, so Ronda Rousey followed me. That's a good one. And she, I've been looking up to her for like ever. Like when she was making women tap out in 15 seconds. Like I've had, I had a poster of her on my wall throughout middle school and high school. Like that one, oh, that had me, <laughs> that had me for sure. And then um, another one actually recently, uh, Drake followed me. So you know what? I don't know why. Not when I wrote this question down, I thought it was it'd be really cool if she said like a really popular rapper or something followed her afterwards. So so <laughs> that's good. 
and, and that one surprised me as well i actually had a friend of mine dm me and he was like hey drake followed you that's cool and i was like what because i didn't even know until my friend told me and i was like oh my gosh like when did this happen because i didn't even know i've been following him as an artist for the longest time and being uh, being an artist every song that he touches is a banger so like my goal as a female artist as well is to also do that so that was i feel like a manifestation for me almost because it felt like being a step closer to that possibly happening, if that makes sense. Oh, so it 100% makes sense to me. And I feel like it's um, the the urge to, 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 to resist. It's hard to resist not reaching out to them when something like that happens and you're such a big fan of theirs because you're like, well, do I play this cool or do I, do I let them know? <laughs> I reach out to Rhonda though I did reach out to Rhonda because you guys um, work together technically now I guess that that that, yeah. that makes sense yeah but Drake I was like yeah I'm gonna let that one just simmer and uh maybe we'll collab in the future I don't know I I, I always uh Seth Rogen follows me on Twitter and Ooh. I'm always so scared that he's gonna unfollow me at some point. And I'm always like, oh, it would, it'll, it'll crush me if I look one day and I'm like, up, oh, I screwed it up. Seth Rogen unfollowed me. Like it's always the one that I, that I'm the only one I'm worried about unfollowing me. Yeah, no, I feel it. Cause sometimes I'll go back and check to see <laughs> if they're still, you know, like not to be like, I'm, I'm a very open person, but I'll go back to check and be like, was it an accident? Like was it? <laughs> Like, I don't know. That's why I'll be so, I, I almost wonder if I'm, I like, I'm like, I have to be muted at this point. He has to know if he, if he unfollows me, it'll crush me. Cause I'm the same way. Like I've Seth Rogen's like my, like one, probably my favorite actor. He's like one of my favorite entertainers. So when that happened, it like, yeah. it made my entire life. So it was the coolest thing. Uh, how did it feel? Speaking of, you know, famous people getting to work with them. How did it feel getting to work with Natalia recently? Oh my goodness. She is wonderful. And she's the sweetest person and I'm just grateful. And she followed me too. So that's another one that I was like, you know, um, after working with her, she had, she checked on, put it this way. She checked on me. She texted me or I'm sorry, this morning to see how my knee was doing. Like that is so like, she is such a sweetheart and so great to work with. And I just, I loved working with her and I can't wait to do it again if I have that opportunity. Did she give you any advice before or after that you took to heart? To always stay true to yourself. What she said to me that really connected with me was she loved how I am being authentic and being my true self because she would tell me how with her and her journey, she was also told, you know, you need to do this and that and whatever, but she was telling me to keep being me. And that advice right there was kind of confirmation of continue on this path that you're doing, no matter how many, you know, I might get hate comments. I might get people that are saying, oh, she's only popping because of this and that. But in reality, I know that 
the hard work and grinding that has transpired throughout my life has is you know it's it's paying off and so hearing that from a legend like Natalia is absolutely it's like a dream come true so yeah <laughs> absolutely dude like I, that's why i listen to so many podcast interviews or just interviews with like people I respect in general, like entertainers that I like and respect in general, because you'll hear a lot of the time they go like, oh, you know, people think it was a, an overnight success, but really like that overnight success took 10 years, you know? And like oh, I said, yeah. I can look back and see you talking about recording music 10 years ago on YouTube. So like you really have been grinding for 10 years. So like it does make sense that like you just got to keep, you just got to keep grinding and doing your thing to get what you yeah. want to accomplish. Heck yeah. And it's also mindset. Like if there's so many moments where someone may want to just be like, Oh, I'm going to quit. Like why hasn't it happened yet? This and that. But in reality, I think, and this is what I'm at the realization of now to myself, you need to be grateful for everything that you have now, because if you're constantly thinking about what you don't have, what hasn't happened yet, this and that, it's going to continue to not happen. So as soon as you're grateful for even something that, like a job per se, that you technically don't really want to do, but you're grateful for it because it's putting food on the table and you're still breathing and you can still walk and you have, you know, you have the simple things, just being grateful. That also plays a big part. And I feel like that was part of my journey was, yes, there was the grinding, there was the constant networking and going to the studio and going to the dance studio and whatever it was auditions constantly being told no but throughout all of that being grateful because i can still breathe you know i can still do all these all the simple things that some people don't even have and can't do so as soon as you're grateful i feel like that's when you attract what you really desire because what you really want is already yours you just have to match that vibration of it absolutely absolutely and i think that you know it's, it's nice that you've learned that at 22 because i'm in therapy at 35 trying to get better at that myself <laughs> so you know because and, and, to and okay totally but i do think that it's nice to hear that you've learned that at a younger age because like it does a lot of times if you you know, if you're in entertainment, you're comparing yourself to others. You're like, well, why are they getting this opportunity and not me? And I think that you assume, some people assume that that opportunity will, will bring happiness too. And I think that you learn that mm. like getting that opportunity is not going to bring happiness. I mean, I, and you know, it's, it's the happiness has to come internally. And when it comes from within, that's when, like you said, the things start to pour in that you wanted because you finally found that self-happiness and it's hard to find that self-happiness. Yes, you're 100% right. You just hit it like spot on. Like you have to be happy and grateful for who you are. And I know it's hard and I know it's a journey, but as soon as you do it, just like you said, boom, things will start happening for you. And it's like with ease too. It's like you don't have to push it because it's meant to be for you. It's meant to happen. So, Well, let's do something a little more fun here before we close out. Uh, you know, it's interesting. You're one of the few people I've had on the show who doesn't have an IMDb about, you know, excuse, excuse me, you have an IMDb who doesn't have a Wikipedia page who uh, I think that, you know, it's been nice getting to know you, the person uh, throughout this conversation, because I think that people have been wondering like who you, the actual person is. So I wanted to 
ask a few icebreaker questions here of just like the basic thing that someone would ask like i don't know on a random you know uh, interview or you know job interview or something like that so uh what was the worst job you ever had oh <laughs> Honestly, I would say the worst job I've ever had. I wouldn't say so. The people that were there were super chill, like that was cool. But it was actually one of my first like jobs outside of the grind with acting and all of that. I worked at a custom t shirt shop, and I, you know, basically you fold shirts. And I couldn't, I wasn't able to yet because I was 16 at the time. I wasn't allowed to use the machinery or whatever to make the shirts. So I got to watch the fun part, but I basically worked the register and, you know, folded shirts and stuff and organized and vacuumed and did all of that, which at the time it was annoying, but then I was again going back to that journey i was grateful for it because it's humbling number one staying humble is very important and number two it was paying me cash so that was cool and number three <laughs> you don't think about it but now the rest of your life you're always going to be good at folding your clothes like it just kind of comes natural you have that thing you do the whole up against your you know you're like good at it once you've worked in a clothing store that's very true yes <laughs> um if you could choose any two famous people to have dinner with, who would they be? Ooh. Could it be dead or alive? Sure. <laughs> any, yeah, any two famous people. So, yeah, dead or alive works. Yeah, anyone. Okay. I would say, oh, that's such a hard, ooh, J-Lo. Okay. Yeah, J-Lo and Michael Jackson. <laughs> Why J-Lo? J-Lo, because she also, she's a triple threat, singer, dancer, actress. And I very much look up to her on that front because she also had a speech, actually. She was um, claiming an award and she was, she mentioned how people would always ask her or tell her, like, you have to pick one thing. If you had to pick one thing, what would it be? This and that. And people always ask me that. And so on her speech, she was saying, I don't have to pick one thing. Here I am. I'm doing multiple. And that's also my goal. So I would want to kind of pick her brain and like, you know, I think that would be really cool. And also she is very beautiful. <laughs> and uh, I think we would just have fun. <laughs> uh, if you could, uh, actually, no way I'm going to do something. What's your lock screen picture? I know you can't show me because you're on your phone, but like, what's your lock screen picture? That's a great question. So my lock screen picture, I'm very big on manifestation and visualizing. So it's actually, this might sound like stuck up, but it's just a manifestation thing. It's actually me with someone edited a picture of mine with the NXT women's title on my shoulder. And so it's that. <laughs> that's my lock screen. So I can manifest that because that's a goal of mine. <laughs> I love that very much. I uh, When I wanted to get this job, I remember when it first kind of like came into the picture when I was going to possibly be on WWE backstage when it was become, when they were working on that show, I made a vision board. The only time I've ever made a vision board. And I made one. I put it up in my office. I had it up there for a full year. And 
I want to say like 95% of the stuff on the board came true, including me getting this job. So I, I'm all about the manifestation vision board life. I'm into it. Yes, it works. You're here. (laughs) Yeah. I did the same thing before I was in WWE. I did the same thing before I debuted and things I'm telling you it works. (laughs) So. (laughs) All right. Well, we've reached the end here, but I like to end every episode with a segment that I like to call the finishing move. Nice. I did it right that time. Uh, Now, I know that you don't have a ton of matches under your belt in WWE yet, so I kind of switched up some of these questions from from the usual. So first, uh, have you thought up any names for that pinning combination yet? Yes, I have. But... I don't know if I can say it out loud. <laughs> I don't know if I should. Um, because I pitched it and they're like, they loved it. But then they asked, you know, like standards and practices and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, probably not. So <laughs> I'm actually in the process of trying to figure out something catchy but also something people would love saying and something that could become a shirt, you know? So I'm in that process. All right, all right. Well, if you guys have any ideas, make sure you tweet them. Tweet them to Nikita. Yeah. She could use the help yeah. right now. Uh, if you could steal a finishing move from someone else in WWE, whether it be past or present, and make it your own, which would you choose? Honestly, the Glam Slam from Beth Phoenix. That would be... Yeah, because I look up to Beth Phoenix very much. And I think, because my my idea for my split pin rhymes with that also. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) But her finish is awesome. And I think I'd be able to, you know, I would be honored if I was ever able to do that. (laughs) And yeah. (laughs) I bet you she'd be cool with it if you asked. Oh my gosh. If I, I've yet to meet her or talk to her, but the day I do, I just might cry. Dude, she is (laughs) just like Natty. She's like the nicest person. I had her on the show and one of my favorite people that I've gotten to chat with on here because she's just like so nice and like, uh, I don't know if you've watched the documentary that they did on her, the the Icons documentary, I think it was called, Um, but it's just like the most inspiring story. So uh, if you haven't watched that, watch that. And secondly, when you meet her, I bet you she'd be cool. If you reached out, you know, I'm going to post this clip now. I'm going to post this clip. She's going to see it. I'm gonna po- we'll, we'll go from there. We'll, we'll start it there. Uh, since you're still new in WWE, I'll close with this question. Who do you want to hit your finishing move on the most in WWE? Ooh, Ronda Rousey. I, I, I had a feeling once you said the poster comment that that was going to be the answer here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it. It's been a blast chatting with you, and good luck at everything in NXT. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good one.